Welcome back, Cramaholics. It's your host, Holly, and today's Monday, which means another episode of Missing Mondays. Before I dive into today's episode, I wanted to tell you guys real quick about my friend Justin Bailey and his brand new podcast. Justin's podcast is called The Practical Spin, and I've really been enjoying listening to it. His podcast covers everything from everyday life to culture to spirituality and even the human element, like how we do things and why we react in a certain way. As you guys know, I love me some true crime podcasts, but sometimes the topics get a little deep, a little dark, and a little heavy, and I need something else to listen to. When I'm feeling myself get into a darker mind space, I turn on the practical spin. Justin has tackled some pretty awesome topics such as goals and how to prepare your state of mind. He's talked about things like mental health, depression, and how to overcome it, and so much more. He releases a new episode every week and can be heard on all major podcast platforms. Find Justin's podcast by searching for The Practical Spin on your preferred podcast platforms. As I said, today is Monday, which means Missing Mondays. And if you are new here, Missing Mondays is a segment that was created by Kenzie and I to help keep missing persons' name and information in the media the best we can and to aid in their return home. 90,000 people in the U.S. are missing at any given time, and while some are found alive or deceased, the majority are still missing today. On this segment of Missing Mondays, I will be sharing the information about Michelle Parker. Today's case is one that is completely baffling, and while we pride ourselves here at Crimeaholics on trying to avoid as much possible speculation as we possibly can, sometimes it does come up. And in this case, all signs are pointing in one direction. It's just a matter of making all of the pieces come together to fit to solve and close this case. Michelle Parker was 31 years old when she was a single mother to a little boy. She did everything she could to provide for her son and give him all that she could. She owned and operated her own mobile airbrush tanning business that she worked during the day. And at night, she worked as a bartender at a local bar called Cowboys in Orlando, Florida. Cowboys was the bar to go to for some line dancing and to find a cute guy in a cowboy hat that drove a big lifted truck. While working at Cowboys, Michelle caught the eye of a man named Dale Smith. The pair's romance was a whirlwind, and it moved quick, and after just two years, the pair gave birth to twins in 2008. However, Dale was not quite the charming man that he seemed to be when he strolled into Cowboys and swooped Michelle off of her feet. His criminal record dates back to 1990 when he was arrested for felony burglary charges. The charges were eventually downgraded to just a misdemeanor trespass charge, but in 1992, he got in trouble again for marijuana possession and had to go into a pre-trial diversion program. Memorial Day weekend that very same year, he was involved in a group fight that left one man murdered. Dale had participated by kicking a man in the head, which he pleaded no contest to attempted aggravated battery. He spent just a few days in jail and then was on probation for two years. Dale seemed to begin turning his life around, and he joined the Marines in 1996 and got married to a woman named Amanda Pernice. Unfortunately, that romance was short-lived, and the pair divorced not even a year after marrying. 
But Dale is a ladies' man, and just 11 days after his divorce to Amanda was finalized, he remarries a woman named Kathleen Collins. According to Medium.com, Dale began getting into trouble while in the Marine Corps, and he was court-martialed on drug charges and a domestic battery charge. He was sentenced to 36 months in prison. While in prison, his wife died from a brain injury after consuming too much ecstasy. So Dale clearly has a concerning past, and I couldn't find anything stating whether Michelle was aware of his past or not. If she was aware of it, she wasn't bothered enough by it to run the other direction, and the couple ended up getting engaged. Sometime during a heated argument while on vacation, Michelle throws her engagement ring over the hotel balcony and it was never recovered. The pair ultimately split up and to Michelle's surprise, Dale files a $5,000 lawsuit against her for the cost of the engagement ring. But he doesn't just file any kind of lawsuit. He does it through the popular TV show, People's Court. And if you're not familiar with the drama-filled show, it's pretty much a show where people come on for their civil suits against other people, they hash it out, and then the judge decides their fate on national television where all of their dirty laundry is exposed. According to Danielle Holland, Michelle only agreed to go on national television because she just wanted to be done with Dale and the whole situation. Michelle just wanted this dispute to be settled. The episode was recorded in August of 2011, and I tried to find this episode on YouTube, and I was only able to find bits and pieces of the episode from other YouTubers and news articles, and I'm pretty sure that the actual episode has been removed for whatever reason, but from what I gathered, the episode between the two of them was heated from the get-go. They both were accusing each other of things and bickering back and forth and exchanging some pretty heated and hateful words. During the show, Michelle said things like, quote, he gets pretty malicious and vindictive, especially when he's been drinking. And she also says, quote, he shouldn't have put his hands on me and he shouldn't have put his hands on me prior. He shouldn't have left me three or four times in the past year and a half that we've been together. Michelle also accused Dale of cheating on her a ton of times. In the end, the judge ruled that the pair split the cost of the $5,000 engagement ring, leaving Michelle owing Dale $2,500. It is quite apparent, though, that Dale's relationship with Michelle matched some of his other relationships he had in the past. Remember earlier I said he had domestic battery charges against his previous wife, so it sounds like Dale is a hothead who can get handsy with the women in his life. After the recording of the episode, according to an ABC News article, Michelle told her mother, Yvonne Stewart, that it was the most humiliating experience of her life. She also said that she never wants to see the episode and she wished she had never gone. The episode aired on November 17th, 2011, which oddly, this is the same day that Michelle completely vanished. On that day, Michelle wanted to keep busy so she didn't have to think about the humiliating moment that was about to be broadcast at 2 p.m. across the entire country. According to a HuffPost article, Michelle spent the morning having coffee with her new boyfriend, Nathan, before heading to her mother's salon in Oviedo, Florida. She was scheduled to drop off her then three-year-old twins to Dale for their scheduled visitation. At 3.18 p.m., a security camera records Michelle dropping off the twins at Dale's condo on Goldenrod Road. 
Apparently, though, due to the angle of the camera, Michelle isn't caught on camera actually leaving. Sometime after 3.30 p.m., Michelle's oldest son, who was 11 at the time, arrived home after school and found that his mom wasn't there. This was unusual for Michelle because she always made sure to be home when he got there, and if she wasn't home immediately when he got home from school, she wasn't too far behind. So he calls his grandma Yvonne and asked her if his mom was at the salon, which she wasn't. She asked him if she was just napping somewhere in the house, but he said he checked the whole entire house and she wasn't home. Around 4.26 p.m., Michelle's brother Dustin texts her and asks her where she was, and she replied quickly with a one-word reply of Waterford. Which this area wasn't too far away, but an area that she wasn't really known to go and visit. She also wasn't known to reply with a one-word text. She was always one to communicate well, and the one-word text was just a little odd for her family. Around 6.50 p.m., Michelle's sister began calling her several times to wonder where the heck she was. By this time, there was no response, and her family had this gut feeling. Something wasn't adding up, something wasn't right, and by 7.20 p.m., after nearly four hours of Michelle not being home for her son, her sister called and reported her missing to authorities. Michelle was also scheduled to work an 8 p.m. shift at a restaurant she was working at called The Barn in Sanford. In the days after Michelle went missing, law enforcement felt that because the show aired that day and because Michelle really let loose about how Dale truly was, that this was almost too much of a coincidence that she would go missing on the very day the show aired. It just seems crazy that the episode was due to air at 2 p.m., and she arrived shortly after 3 p.m. to drop the kids off. What if Dale watched it, got heated all over again, and snapped when Michelle arrived? There isn't any legit proof that shows that Michelle ever actually left his home. Nor was she seen by anyone else after Dale last saw her. There's just so many questions, which authorities had these same questions and kind of began zeroing in on Dale. They start the search for Michelle and began by looking at surveillance footage on the roads that she could have possibly driven down to see if they can track her movements or even track down her black Hummer. Authorities assume that tracking Michelle's Hummer down would be super simple because on the back window of the Hummer was a super big car decal that read GLOW which was her mobile spray tanning business logo, and they got a hit immediately. At 8.55 p.m. on November 17th, which is the day that Michelle went missing, and just an hour after she had been reported missing, you can see Michelle's Hummer stopped at a red light at Conroy and Vineland Road. But what was shocking to authorities was the lack of decal on the back window of her Hummer, which means someone at some point had taken the decal off of Michelle's Hummer in an attempt to make it blend in and likely to make it harder to find. The fact that this decal was missing off the back of the car had her whole family concerned, and they were all out searching for Michelle or her car. Dale posted a status on Facebook that night around 11.08 p.m. showing his concern about her whereabouts. And this status read, quote, Oh man, oh man, Michelle, the mother of my kids is missing. Her mother called me and said she never showed up for work after dropping the kids off with me. 
The police just came by and searched my whole house. This isn't good. My kids need their mother, end quote. An hour after Dale's Facebook post, Michelle's Hummer was located at the Walden Palms apartment complex. During the search of Dale's home, nothing was found that I could find during my research on this case, or at least authorities haven't released anything to the public that they potentially found. When questioned about his last encounter with Michelle, he tells authorities Michelle dropped the kids off at 4 p.m. and left right after. He also claims that at 4.30 p.m., he also left the house with the kids and went to go visit his parents, which we already know that surveillance from his home actually put Michelle at his house at 3.18 p.m. And I'm not sure whether Dale just couldn't remember the exact times or if he truly didn't know when she came by and was just guessing, or maybe he was lying for some odd reason, but authorities weren't quite pleased with his story and the timeline, so they obtained a search warrant to be able to search his family's home as well. On November 26, a SWAT team came to his family's home and searched the entire thing from top to bottom, and not a single thing was recovered from there either. Searchers began doing dives in a canal that was located behind a rental property of the Smith family, trying to find any and all potential clues. Again, nothing was found. But on November 28th, Dale Smith was officially publicly named as the prime suspect in the disappearance of Michelle Parker. Michelle's mother can be seen on TV talking about how she just wants Dale to come in and take a polygraph test. She also wants him to tell where she is or what he has done to her if he has done something at all. Dale was brought in for questioning and a polygraph, but Dale wasn't as cooperative this time that they talked to him and he refused to take a polygraph test. Because of his history and his now sudden lack of cooperation, they deemed him as a risk to his children and his children were taken away and given to Michelle's mother. But within 24 hours, Dale's lawyer was able to fight this and the kids were ultimately given back to him. With not enough solid evidence to charge Dale, authorities were left to continue the investigation and explore all possibilities. This included talking to everyone who was close with Michelle, including her new boyfriend, Nate. Nate was questioned and described their morning and leading up to the last time he spoke with Michelle. The couple had been in communication all day after their morning coffee date up until just minutes before Michelle arrived to drop off the kids to Dale. I couldn't find anything too much about their communication after she dropped off the kids to Dale, but from everything I gathered, their communication also stopped at this point. Nate cooperated with authorities and was quickly ruled out. Finally, investigators were able to obtain Michelle's phone records. They wanted to try and track her movements from that day, and they know that she or someone had responded at 4.26 p.m. to her brother's text message with the word Waterford. So they wanted to know if the phone actually pinged in that Waterford area. What they found, though, was the exact opposite. Instead of her phone heading in the direction of Waterford, it was heading in the opposite way. At 8.08 p.m., the final ping from Michelle's phone came from a bridge off Lake Conway, which this location was just four miles away from where Dale lived. The location of this lake also just so happens to be along the route that Dale would take if he was headed to visit his parents. With him being the prime suspect, this threw flags up for authorities like hot fire. 
and they began doing a search around the lake and doing dives in the lake to see if they can find anything of Michelle or even Michelle herself. On December 8th, Michelle's phone was located on the bottom of the lake. The family and investigators thought, this is it. This is going to be solved. We are going to find Michelle. But nothing more of Michelle's was found. And unfortunately, everyone was extremely let down by the lack of tips that were coming in. No new leads, no potential sightings. The lines were nearly dead. Months go by which then turn into years and still nothing but this really big, massive neon sign pointing to Dale, but not enough physical evidence to arrest him. With authorities unable to do anything, Michelle's family take matters into their own hands. They said they knew Dale is responsible for the death of Michelle, and they filed a wrongful death lawsuit against him, despite Michelle's body never being found. According to an ABC News article, the lawsuit seeks damages in excess of $15,000 and claims that Dale Smith was negligent or otherwise committed a wrongful act and caused the death of Michelle Parker. Despite Michelle's body having not been recovered, the lawsuit claims that Michelle died on or about November 17, 2011 as a direct and proximate result of negligence of Dale Smith. Dale's attorney, Mark Nijame, replied in an interview that, quote, they're barking up the wrong tree. Just because everyone thinks he did it doesn't mean he did. The attorney goes on to talk about how authorities have tailed Dale and have spoken to almost everyone who was known to him, and there's absolutely nothing to link him to her disappearance or her death. Dale and his lawyer were confident that no judge would push this case through, but a judge did. Dale came to his deposition and there was a total of 500 questions to which he pleaded the fifth to over 100 of them, which was within his legal right. However, the judge wasn't a fan and ordered him to come back and answer all of those questions that he didn't answer the first time. The amount of information on this portion of the case is really spotty and I couldn't find much information about it. Nine full years have now gone by since Michelle Parker dropped her kids off to Dale Smith on November 17th, 2011. No new leads have come up and not a single sign of her. Searches have been done and any time human remains are found in or around the Orlando, Florida area, Michelle's family hold their breath in anticipation that this will be the day they find her, only to be let down again. There's so many questions left unanswered, and while doing research for this case, I was left wondering why there isn't more information. What I do know is that investigators held on to that traffic cam footage of Michelle's Hummer at that red light for two whole years before it was released to the public. Was this because they wanted to razzle someone up and make them nervous or was it simply just to hopefully jog someone's memory? We know that investigators know that Michelle's phone didn't ping in that Waterford area where the text message came in saying she was, but they never released the exact location it did ping. And another thing that I find interesting that wasn't released was whether Dale's cell phone pinged with Michelle's phone at any point in time. I also find it interesting that more traffic cam footage never came out of Michelle's Hummer driving around. Nor did we get confirmation that Dale truly did leave his home when he said he did. See what I mean? There is just so many unanswered questions. 
And I truly believe that investigators have a lot more information than what they have released. They are likely holding on to this info in hopes that some sort of new eyewitness would come out or a new piece of evidence would surface to officially link Dale to her disappearance. And what they are holding on to will just be that extra nail in the coffin of Dale Smith. Everything that I could find on Dale Smith said that he is currently living in Tennessee where he is working and raising the couple's twins who are now 12 years old. I also read that Michelle's oldest son, who is now 20, hasn't had contact with his younger siblings and that Michelle's family have been denied visitation with the twins. If you or anyone you know has information on what happened to Michelle Parker, please call 1-800-423-8477. Michelle's family also has a Facebook page that you can find by searching Michelle Parker Missing Person. On there, there's over 25,000 supporters all waiting for the update on Michelle. If you're not already a part of our Facebook group, you can find us by searching Crimeaholics Podcast Discussion Group. In there, I will share all pictures and information that pertains to this case and links to the family's Facebook page. Be sure to also follow us on Instagram at crimeaholics.podcast. And if you haven't already, hit subscribe on your preferred podcast platform so that you're notified every single time a new episode goes live. Crimeaholics, that's all for now. Until next time, be aware and take care. Thank you.